for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel rep led to sort of ramble this morning, if that's all right. Like when I ramble. All right, go to Acts chapter 14. With all the stuff going on and, and through the years that I've been a Christian and been with the Lord and, and listened to a lot of teaching and spent quite a bit of time in the Word and everything, there's some things that I found out that you learn that are good, but they're not exactly the truth of being good. You know, I mean, it helps you advance, it gets you to grow in the things of God, but then you find out there's a little more truth to it than what was there. I grew up basically in, you know, the, the charismatic renewal where people were getting baptized in the Holy Ghost from Catholics to everybody else, but also grew up in the faith movement. Say the faith movement. How many of you grew up in the faith movement? You know of Kenneth Hagin, you know of all these guys who basically brought faith, thank God, back into people who needed to learn how to believe God. But from that also, from what I've listened to and stuff through them through the years, taught me to believe God, but it also put me in a place of where I could get guilty and condemned pretty easy. And that is because some of the sermons I heard and some of the things that, that came to me basically at that time were telling me that if you, know, if you don't have any money, you don't have any faith. If you're sick, it's because you don't have enough faith. If this happens, it's because you don't have enough faith. If that's happened, because you don't have enough faith. So that made me feel guilty when sickness and disease would come up on my body and I wouldn't feel very good. And I'd immediately think, well, I don't have enough faith. What's my problem here? I don't know what's going on. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? I mean, I said, dear Lord, you know, I'm, here I am, man of faith and power, and I'm sick this morning, and I'm not supposed to be sick because I'm supposed to have faith, and I'm supposed to. But as I study kingdom faith, say kingdom faith. Kingdom faith, kingdom faith varies differently than the faith movement has taught us in a little bit. The faith movement was great and everything, but there's another level you have to understand if you're really going to live by faith in the things of God. And here in Acts 14, if you go back to the early church, and take a look at verse, oh, let's start in verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, that's sort of a goofy thing, isn't it? Notice what it says here, continue in the faith. He wanted them to continue in the faith, but then he went on to say that we must, say we must. We must. Now, how many know must means you must? Notice, we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, we all know when we got born again, received Jesus our Lord and Savior, Jesus was the door, we went into the kingdom of God. So this is a continual entering into more of kingdom lifestyle, entering into more of the kingdom. And notice, one way that that happens is through something called tribulation. Say tribulation. Tribulation, tribulation is defined as great trouble. It's defined as setbacks. It's defined as difficulty. It's defined as trials. So through these things that come in our life, we enter deeper into the kingdom of God. How? By continuing in the faith. Say, continue in the faith. faith. Notice he wanted them to continue in the faith. All right. Just go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, let's look at verse 4. 
It says, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which also you suffer. There's another scripture that deals with the kingdom of God. Notice what it's dealing with here. Basically, it's once again dealing with trials, tribulations, and things. And only here it says, God, for your patience and faith. Say patience and faith. faith. Now, notice faith is not just faith, 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 faith. There's an undergirding to faith. And one of the things that undergirds faith is patience. And patience is not, jeez, I'm going to put up with it again. I don't want to. I ain't gone to, but that's it. I'm going to put up with it because I've got patience. No, patience, biblical patience is consistently constantly remaining the same. In other words, when I'm not in a tribulation, I'm like this. And when I'm in a tribulation, I'm like this. When I'm not in a tribulation, I'm not like... And when I'm in tribulation, I'm... Because let me tell you right now, tribulation is going to come. You're going to go through... You can't not get away from tribulations down here. They're going to be coming. Trials are going to be coming, all those things. So they want you to continue in the faith, but notice you're going to have to do patience, which means continually, constantly remain the same. Now, how am I going to possibly, in this earth, continually, constantly remain the same? You better have a promise from God. How many know his promises don't change? He don't say, today I love you, tomorrow I'll hate you. Today you're healed, tomorrow you're sick. Tell you that, no, there's a promise there that you attach yourself to in the word of God with faith, but you're not only in that faith when everything's going good, but you must continue to remain in that faith even when things aren't going so good out here around you. Why? Because I have patience and the promise is still going to take me through just like it was here. I feel great this morning. Glory to God, I'm healed. But what happens if I wake up tomorrow? Are you following me? And all at once a symptom hits my body and all at once a sickness comes on. Am I going to stay in faith through the tribulation or am I just going to say that faith crap don't work? I'm sick now. When am I quit? That's it. I mean, I tried it and I tried not to. But no, no. It tells you to continue on even through tribulations that come in your life. I'm going to continue going. I'm going to continue in the peace of God, the joy of God, and the scripture of God. Even when things aren't coming. See, we've come to a place where we want a miracle for everything. God wants you to grow up. You want a miracle. See, if you get a miracle all the time, you don't need to grow up. You just get in trouble. Say, help me. And he comes down and helps me. And that'll work for a while. But God wants us to grow up. In the things of God, in the kingdom of God, so we can operate in a place to where we're walking in righteousness, peace, and joy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter what's going on in the natural realm right here. So he says you need some patience, you need some peace, you need some joy. Go to James chapter 1. All right, James chapter 1, look at verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire wanting. Now notice, this is interesting, isn't it? My brother and my sister, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. How many know you will? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith will put to work what? In other words, it will strengthen your patience to a place to where you've got to make a decision when something comes into your life. Are you going to stay there? 
In other words, even through it, even through this sickness, even through this money problem, even through this family problem, even are you going to stay in faith? You're going to say this faith stuff don't work. God, why haven't you done something already? I've already prayed and you haven't answered me and you haven't. God told me a long time ago when I was going through this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. And I mean, I went to my prayer closet and I just knelt down. I said, help me. Help me. I don't know what to do anymore. I got this going on over here, that going on over there. I prayed for this. That didn't help. This didn't help. That didn't help. That didn't help. And I got quiet. And he said, believe me. I said, that's, that's all the better you can do for me. I mean, can't you give me like a sermon on this whole thing? He said, no, just believe me. I said, come on, man. That's too easy. He said, no, it's not too easy because nobody does it. He said, everybody believes me till the tribulation comes. And then claims defeat because the tribulation came, which was going to come anyway. And then we throw our faith down, and then God won't do it. And I don't know why God won't do it. And I don't know if God's going to do it. And I sure hope he's going to do it. And then I don't know if he loves me or not, because if he loved me, he'd really do it. And we're firing back in the wrong direction. Are you listening to me this morning? So we want to stay by patience in the same thing no matter what happens, no matter what you're diagnosed with, no matter what your money problem's in. You just continually stay in the same place. You go through it. You stay on your faith the whole way through. You do it to the very end, and you keep on going. Because if the first sign of trouble comes to you and you step out of faith, you're in trouble. And that's what we've been doing all along. Every time I got a symptom, I started getting mad at God. Your word says, by his stripes I'm in you. Back up your word. Well, I didn't know that I might get sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker standing on the word of God. But there came a time in my life when I had to go through that with a different attitude, a different joy that's in my heart. Why? Because faith is not a temporary thing. It's not a three-hour thing in the morning. Then you can have a meltdown between one and two, and then you get back on faith from two to six. Then that night you can have another meltdown and tell everybody about your meltdown, then go back. See, faith is a continual thing that you go through no matter what's going on. That's why the Bible tells you to look not at the things that are seen. You've got to look at the things that are, unseen. well, that's going to be the word of God, isn't it? I've got to look at something that ain't seen. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. No, it's the word of God that's already been placed on the inside of you. So I'm going to stay on that word of God no matter what. I'm not going to claim defeat in the midst of a bad report. I'm not going to claim defeat in a money problem. There was years ago, I don't know how many years ago, maybe it was 10 years ago when we got in a place in this church to where we had bought this building. We'd been in here a couple of years. I mean, we got to a place where we were basically at zero. Zero. And, you know, I'm going to God and I'm saying, hey, you know, praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it's, you got me into this ministry and told me that's where I need to be and everything's going to be supplied. And right now everything's not being supplied because I don't have any supply and it don't have any supply and none of us have any supply at this point. And, and who did I tell? Nobody. Right. Didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody. Only one ever knew it was Mary because she was my secretary basically and she could see the numbers and the figures. But it got to a place. So I just said, you know what I'm going to do in this situation? Believe God. I'm going to believe you called me into this, this, and, and you put me here, and I'm just going to keep studying the word. I'm just going to keep preaching the word. I'm just going to keep going on Sunday and look halfway decent when I get here, and I'm going to preach the word of God, and I'm going to proclaim the word of God. And what I'm, going to, I'm just going to stay strong on what you told me to do, whether we got a million dollars in the bank, whether we're broke, whether I'm getting a paycheck, whether I'm not getting a paycheck. I'm just going to, my kid didn't care. He was going to college that year. He never said, oh, will you have enough. He didn't care. <laughs> didn't care a bit. Never worried him at all. And I didn't want to worry my wife. So I just, that's what I did. I didn't come before the church and said, oh, we'll be taking up an extra offering this morning because I haven't eaten in six days. I just decided to believe God. 
And if it's going to work, then it's going to work. If God, God's going to come through and all at once things start picking up a little bit, all at once a gigantic contribution came into the church out of nowhere, all at once I was getting paid again, all at once the church had money again, all at once. But through that whole thing, I couldn't say, well, that's it, I quit. I'm not preaching anymore. If this pastor stuff doesn't work, then I'm dropping out and that's all there is to it. And I quit at this point. They can just go find another church someplace, foreclose on that building and probably my house because I put my house up to get the stupid building and that'll be the end. We'll just live in a cardboard box in Fort Pierce place. There's probably some spaces open up there yet, praise God, where we can go and set up a box. And hopefully this church revives, they'll bring me one of those shoe boxes in Christmas time. <laughs> but I found out through that situation that not only in the bad times do you walk by faith and believe God, in the good times, in the bad times, in the middle times, in the worst times, look at the, the three Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They're, they're good people. They were told not to worship anybody else but God. And then they were told, you've got to bow down and worship me. And they said, we're not going to do that. We're going to do that for God. They had to be thinking, praise God. We're standing strong, Lord. Hallelujah. We're the best Christians around right now. And once they come to get them and say, we're going to throw in the fiery furnace. I said, that's all right. Whose report are you going to believe? We're going to believe God. No problem yet. Then they come to arrest you. Well, God's going to send some angels or something here. Come on, God's going to get me out of this because we're men of faith and power, praise God. We don't get into this kind of stuff. They walk them to the furnace and they get right there and look in. They're thinking, God, are you going to do, are you going to do something in this situation? Is something going to happen or what? And it happened. They turned it up seven times hotter. Boy, this faith stuff doesn't work. I'm telling you right now. I mean, dear Lord, if I wouldn't have fought with him, at least it'd be less than seven times hotter. It'd be a little cooler for me to go in like they weren't going to burn up anyway, no matter. I mean, how seven times hotter going to hurt you when you're already going to burn up when they put you in anyway? I don't really understand. But the devil will do that to you. He lied to you about things that scare you. Hallelujah. And notice, their faith never kept them out of the fire. Never. Never kept them out of there. Well, those three guys don't have any faith or they want to end up in the furnace. No, they were walking by faith and they ended up in the furnace. They ended up in there. But there was deliverance at a certain point. Are you following me? When they got in there. Why? Because they continued to believe and continued to believe and continued to believe and continued to believe. And no matter what was going on around here, you know their minds were going wacky. I mean, the same way with Daniel in the lion's den. Come on, what happened to Daniel? He wasn't allowed to pray. Well, he prayed anyway. And what happened? I got to throw you in the lion's den now. I'll bet every step they took from him praying and them yelling at him to coming and arresting him, to taking him to the pit, and he's still thinking, you know, I'm a man of faith. Here's the lion's den. God, where are you? What are you going to do in this situation? Now, we were taught that a man of faith and power would have never got thrown in the lion's den because once he got in there, he's no longer a man of faith and power. No, you'll find out the faith and power of somebody when they get in a mess. You'll find out their spiritual maturity when they get in a mess. If they're spiritually immature, and we're not talking about years in the church. We're talking about how many tribulations and trials you've gone through in faith that make you stronger. Are you following? Because they're going to come. You can't do nothing about it. You're not going to be in a bubble someplace out there all along. So what happens to Daniel? There he is. How many know he ended up in the lion's den? Did he get in the lion's den? But did he get delivered? Yes, because he didn't back down. He didn't yell, I'm not going to believe you anymore, God, on his way down. Because you didn't do a miracle. No, kingdom faith is a continual kingdom faith to where you're walking in the things of God. You're staying in your peace and joy. No matter what the situation is, you're not looking at the things of the scene. You're looking at the things that are unseen. Here it says, count it all joy. Say, count it all joy. Notice, every experience you run into, every storm that comes in your life will have an effect on your life. If you continue to back down from them storms, you're going to be a spiritual baby the rest of your life. 
First thing you're going to do when things come is complain. I mean, I remember going to the hospital when Marie was in the hospital and was taken there, and they would call me and let me know she was in there, and I went in, went in to see her one time, and I mean, to be honest with you, she was a mess. I mean, she had some serious issues. Her blood count was lower than any blood count I didn't know you could even possibly have or anything else, but every time I went in to see her, I mean, it was, praise Jesus, glory to God, I'm going to get out of here, hallelujah, Jesus already told me I'm getting out of here, I don't care what the doctor says, I don't care my hemoglobin, my mobiglobin, my globoglobin, don't make any difference to me, praise God, I'm going forward, remember that? I'm, and of course, doctors and nurses thought she was nuts. Don't you understand, lady? You're, you're probably going to die. No, Jesus ain't going to take me. He's going to tell you, already told me. I'm going to go in. And every time I came in, then I came in the second time. She was in tradition, and she said, don't worry. You're never going to see me in this hospital again. So I get a call the next day. She's back in the hospital. But she was in Martin this time, so I didn't see her in the same hospital. Remember that? She ended up in Martin County, so I didn't see her in the same hospital. I saw her in a different one, so that, that worked out also, praise God. But from the time we, I started seeing her, the time I talked to her on the phone, whatever I did, she was in there. She was so happy, so upbeat, so say, this is going to work. This is going to be victorious. This is going to, I mean, if I'd have been in her situation, I think it would have been a different story. I think I'd have probably had a little moping, complaining, whining at people and God and doctors, and nurses, and everybody. But she was there in that situation. Same way with Luann when she was diagnosed with cancer. I mean, she could have gave up. She could have went forward. She could have, but she kept going forward. She stayed in the Word. She stayed in faith. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing great today. I'm even doing better today. And she's running around helping everybody in the world. <laughs> My God, you can't, you got to put a rope on her just to keep her down from going out, doing this, doing that. I'm thinking there should be helping you. I ain't got time to be helped. I'm <laughs> But those are examples to me that people are, are, are growing up, and Marie wasn't even the church that time. She'd come every now and then, but she was jamming the tapes in her ears all the time and putting that stuff in there. Then she had a little something, you know, with the Lord that took place in her life that got her going. But through those situations, and that is, how are you going to respond when adversity comes today? Not down the road six months from now. There's going to be some adversity that comes today, something that happens today, something that's going wrong today. What does it mean? What's it going to do? What's it going to take? What are you going to do in that situation? That's kingdom faith. Kingdom faith is go through the fire. I would rather, if I'm diagnosed with sickness, continue to believe God all the way through the end and die believing God than quit in the middle and get delivered. I mean, if I'm going to believe God, I'm going to believe God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe what his word says. I'm going to do what it says. And you can't worry and be in kingdom faith. You can't be, have anxiety. You can't have all these, these things coming against you from the natural realm and affecting you in any way, shape, or form. You've got to stay on the word of God each and every time you're there because there's a place to go through, praise God. All right, go to Second Peter. Basically, the time when you get hit with different storms is not the time to leave your faith. That's the time to make sure you're staying in the faith no matter what. And I used to see people, and then it even made me not only guilty in my own life, but judgmental to others. I've been teaching the word to these people for 10 years, and she's sick. She just don't have any faith yet because she's sick. No, I don't know how much faith she's got. She's going through something. Maybe she's in faith the whole time, but I judged it on the adversity that hit their life, and if it hit their life, I mean, I was taught you were supposed to live in this utopia. And there is an utopia for you to live in, but it's not because adversity doesn't come to you. It's because you choose to walk through that adversity 
each and every day of your life. And you choose to do that in peace and joy based on the promises of God. Okay, did you find 2 Peter? Good, go back to 1 Peter. It's right before 2 Peter. Look at verse 3. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away reserved for you in heaven who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in this last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, perishes, perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory by the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, in whom though we now we see him not, Yet we believe him, ye rejoicing in joy, unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. So notice we're dealing with our soul here. We're dealing with our mind, will, and emotions. How are you going to train your soul? How are you going to get your soul to get out of these feelings all the time and this freak-out attitude and everything else? You're going to do that basically by believing something you cannot see, which is God and his promises that he gave you. Notice it says the trial of your faith. Say trial. Now, every trial that I've ever seen anywhere or ever been to, the most important thing in a trial is something called evidence. So notice, you're on trial every day. You're in the courtroom every day. Because you're going to go to your Bible and get some good evidence, but then you're going to go out in the world and you're going to get some bad evidence. And you've got to make the, you're judge and jury. You're on the jury board. Which am I going to believe today? Am I going to believe this or am I going to believe that? Am I going to believe God's word? Am I going to believe that? You've got evidence here, evidence there, evidence. But you're the one who makes the decision. On what you should I be joyful today, or should I be all sad about everything? Should I go to a pity party and do that? I tell you, a pity party is a definite sign that you've left the faith realm. I mean, you can't be in a pity party and do the same thing. So notice, there's a trial of your faith that's going to come. It's going to continue to come. It's going to continue to come, and these things are going to come to everybody. And the problem is, when you get mature, people who aren't mature are going to get mad at you because they never think you go through anything. And they got all the problems and all the issues in the world. And why is God doing this to me and not to them? Well, he's doing it to them. The only problem is they're walking through the thing with faith and you not. So not only only are you mad at God, you feel guilty, you're mad at the person who's doing good. If I were you, I'd go to them and find out why. I mean, I see so many body of Christ prospering more than I am. The last thing I want to do is say, God, you're no respecter of persons. I should have as much as they do. I want to go find out why they got it. I want to go find out how they got to that spot. How did you get to that spot? How how are you walking in divine health? How's that working for you? How's it? But it doesn't mean that you never come under attack. Doesn't mean that. That's not what faith is. Faith is a continual thing. The just shall live by faith, not just when they're doing good. All the time. We want to live by faith all the time. So there's a trial of your faith here. It deals with the seen and deals with the unseen. All right, go to 2 Peter. Did you find Second Peter? Good. Go back to First Peter. I can't get out of First Peter for some reason. Let me go, Peter. All right, First Peter chapter four this time. I mean, you look at the Bible and you see these things, and many of the things you're questioning, they answer you. 
It's already been answered. You just haven't found it in the Bible yet. First yeah. Peter chapter 4, look at verse 12. Notice this. Beloved, say, that's me. that's me. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials that is to try you as though some strange thing was happening to me. <laughs> as soon as you get hit with something, this is strange. Why is this happening to me? I don't know what's going on. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing has happened. Boy, this is strange. Can't understand why everybody's mad at me. This is really strange. How come this fiery trial is coming? He just told you not to think of that. Verse 13. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with his seeding joy. If you be reproached or criticized or made fun of for the name of Christ, happy are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Now look at verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief. Well, I'm not a murderer, and I'm not a thief. Okay, let's go a little further. As an evildoer, or as a... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Busybody. A meddler. Why are people freaking out? Because they're meddling everybody else's business. They have no reason to be in there. They can't even take care of their own business. They can't even walk through their own fire, praise God. And they're trying to stomp out everybody else's fire. See? Oh, well, they should be like that, and they should be doing this, and they should be doing that. What are you doing? I could really help them. Help you. I got the answer. Then use it. See, we always see everybody else's. We're good at seeing everybody else's issues and problems and dealing with them. Oh, I got a scripture for them. Chances are it was for you first. See, you want to change the whole world? No, no. Change yourself, praise God. And then if you come under attack from all these things, it's not because you just ran into a normal trial. You invited that one. You were a busybody, and now, oh, my aunt's this, and my uncle's that, and my kid's this, and my neighbor's that, and my credit is here, here, and God's saying, what are you doing? What are you doing saving the entire world and changing the entire world when I'm just dealing with you at this point? So you can get into trials naturally just because there's trials there, or you can go looking for them. And you don't want to go looking for them because from what I found out in my own life, there are plenty without going looking for them. You don't really need to beg for any more. I notice what it says, verse 13. But rejoice in as much as you are partakers or partners in Christ's suffering. Say partners in Christ's suffering. Now, how many of you know you don't have to go to the cross with him, thank God, and get nailed there and get stabbed in the side? It, a partaker, say a partaker. So what is a partaker? A partaker is someone who takes part in what someone else has provided. In other words, if my wife cooks a good meal for me and I come home that day and I'm there, I can either partake of her suffering to make that meal or I cannot eat it and then I wouldn't be a partaker of her meal. Are you following me? So everything that Jesus did on the cross, Jesus provided for our finances. He provided for our, for our sickness. He provided for our mindset. He provided for all that stuff. We can be partakers with him, but we can only do that through faith, not through freaking out and losing it. See, so I'm going to walk by faith all the time. Why? I'm going to partake in divine health. What if I don't feel good? I'm still going to partake in divine health and go forward. What if it's getting worse? I'm still going to partake in divine health. I'm still going to partake. Even if it comes to a place where something else is done, you keep walking the whole time, do you see? And God will use that situation sooner or later and turn it around to you. Remember Paul and Silas? How many know they weren't busybodies? They weren't doing nothing wrong. All they were doing was preaching the kingdom of God. And what happened? They got arrested and they got thrown into jail. And the rest, of the rest of the people at that time said, boy, we thought they had faith. My God, if they had faith, they wouldn't be in prison. We're not in prison. We got more faith than they do because they're in prison and we're not in prison. No, that didn't determine whether they had faith or not. What determined is what they did 
at the midnight hour of the adversity that came into their life. And I'll tell you, there is one. There is one with every trial that comes your way, every adversity that comes your way. There is a midnight hour. You know what that is? The time you make a decision which way you're going to go. Am I going to praise God? I'm stuck in a prison. I don't even care. I'm in a prison. Glory to God. Glory. Hallelujah. I tried this till midnight. And now I'm in jail. And I don't, nobody thinks I got any faith. And I'm dying. And here they're never going to let me out. And they put me in the stinkiest part of this place. There's rats running all around my life. There's that midnight hour. And most of us at the midnight hour go the wrong way. We get in the natural realm. We get, lose our peace. We lose our joy. We lose. That's why so many of the scriptures you read, it's always got in there, rejoice. Right. You think that's the stupidest thing ever. Rejoice. <laughs> Stupid. How about survive? <laughs> Hope to make it through. How about that? No, rejoice. <laughs> Paul and Simon singing praises in the middle of a prison. I mean, what do you do in the middle of your prison? <laughs> Come on, what do you do when you're in jail? You're hung up there and something's not going right in your family and something's not going right in your body and something's not going right in your finances. What are you doing when you're hanging in? Are you going to stay in kingdom faith? Are you going to say it's defeat because I, every time I get in trouble, I think it was because of lack of faith? No, no. The faith people get in it. The non-faith people get in it. The unbelievers get into it. Everybody's going to run into adversity. But I'll tell you what, the more you stay in kingdom faith, the quicker you'll come out on the other side every single time. So notice there's different ways that you can do it here. You can get in it. You can not get in it. You can do what you want. You can do what you not want. But basically it's in there. Now go to 2 Peter. And I'm going to stay there this time. I'm not going to. I'm done. I'm done with 1 Peter. He can take a break now. So even like Vinny, you know, we've talked several times and he's gone in to get his heart surgery done. And then there was a couple who basically we've known for a long time who were the post office stuff, but they keep wanting him to come there and stay with them. And they're two great people. The only problem is they, I don't think they're born again, and he don't think they're born again. So when this thing is over with, if he does go stay there a couple days, could this be a, could this possibly be a opportunity to get them born into the kingdom? And God, he, he uses everything, man. He don't care what it is. He don't care. He's, he's a donkey to talk to you if he needs to. Gosh. All right, Second Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 3. According to his divine power, he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him and has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these precious promises you might be partakers, take part of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now watch, he gives you a growth pattern here. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Oh my God, I thought faith was the ultimate. I thought if I just had faith, that was enough. No, to your faith, you have to add virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. To patience, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never, never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered under you abundantly 
into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. So notice, we thought faith was a finish line. Faith is a beginning. It's like you get a hold of faith, and then there's other things you've got to add to it to make sure you stay in the faith that you're living in at that time. What are one of those things? Go to Colossians 1. I found out that these two words have carried me a long way. This could be a good morning prayer for you, evening prayer, whenever you can pray it during the day continually. We'll help you out. Colossians 1, chapter 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And notice, first of all, he's talking once again about the will of God. We talked about that before. But you want to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Do you want to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing? Well, what's it talking about there? The Bible says without faith we cannot please God. So it's basically talking about a faith walk there, about walking in faith the whole time. If you do that, you'll be fruitful in every good work, increasing the knowledge of God. Now look at verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. In other words, you're going to have to get something from the inside of you to walk by faith through these situations and circumstances. It's going to come from the inside. It's not going to come from out here. It's not going to be a miracle that just changes the next day and you can yell hallelujah and I've got faith and God answered it. No, faith is determined once again when the storm comes, what you do when you're gone through the faith. All right, look at it. Verse 11, strength of the Almighty according to his glorious power unto all patience and, 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 and. Now, faith is good. Patience, I can stay there. But this long-suffering stuff, that's not so easy. That means after your faith and patience, you may spend a long time before you actually come out on the other side. I wish it said short suffering. <laughs> Patience and short suffering, that's what I want. But it's not, it's long suffering. Sometimes you're going to have to walk through that situation. I mean, let's face it, if you go through it a day, it seems like 14 years you've been in the thing the way it is. But long suffering, what's that? It's remaining the same, it's staying on God's word. And then he throws that word once again in there with joyfulness. How do those three words, that's like unbelief, faith, and trusting God all in the same verse. But it's not. It's basically faith, patience, I'm stable, and I'm going to suffer long. Does my body like what I'm doing? No. Do my feelings like it? Absolutely not. How's your emotions? Just about ready to pop out on every single side of me at this point. I'm just about ready to explode. How you doing? Blessed. How's your body? Healed. Come on, ain't that the way it feels sometimes? I got to keep my confession of faith. You'd like to say, terrible. I'm just doing terrible right now. Can't you do something for me? Can't you help me? I just feel rotten right now, but I'm believing God. No, you're not believing God. You lost your believer somewhere along the way. So we want to believe God. We want to go through the whole thing. And why is that so important? Because the Bible said that the disciples went everywhere preaching the word 
and the Lord working with them. Notice the anointing we've been talking about so many times in the morning here gets activated through your believing God. So as long as you're believing God, even when the storm comes, you stay believing God, that anointing kicks in and starts to destroy that yoke that's trying to come upon your life and set you free. But if you step outside of the faith and the word of God, that anointing can't do nothing. It's on the inside of you. Is greater he is in you than he is in the world? Yes, it is, but it's not going to work for you because it always backs up the word of God that's in your life that you're believing and you're walking through and you're confessing. So you're going to go through things. There's no question about that. It's going to come into your life. The question is, what do you do? What do you do at the beginning and what do you do at that midnight hour? See, is that going to destroy your entire life, what just took place here? And that's it. You go, you go into some of the... Uh, what am I thinking of? Nursing homes around here, and you go talk to the people, and they can tell you the day and hour that their midnight hour went the wrong way. We used to operate a nursing home. You walk up to people who were the most bitter people I ever ran into. What is the matter with you? Well, when I was 11 years old, my mom didn't give me any chocolate candy, and I've been mad ever since, and I've just had it, and I just figured the heck with it. Think of, dear God, I'll buy you a case of chocolate candy if you just come out of your misery a little bit. But they got that place when this happened that mark in time at midnight. And they didn't step into the next day. They stayed in that day, and they're still in that day, and they never went past midnight there, and they're still there. That's why Paul says, forget those things that are behind, for gosh sakes, and press toward. The mark of the high calling, because there's a high calling in your life, but these things will stop your life at the midnight hour. I mean, many people got the day and hour that they were hurt. What happened? And it's, it's easier for us men than it is you women, because we men really don't care and forget everything that's said to us. But you women, everything that's said, you mark the day. You marked the day. I mean, you were just created that way. Are you? Do you follow me? If somebody said you're the dumbest person I ever said 32 years ago, you will know the day, time, hour, weather, what you were watching, what you were doing, where you were sitting, what took place. Yeah, so man, that he said, I can't remember you said that. You called me stupid once? When was that? Because we just, you know, we're, we're not emotional people. We're just thinkers. So somebody says, you're stupid. You say, I ain't stupid. I'm going to forget about that and move on. See? But a woman feels it. Oh, I'm stupid. Everybody thinks I'm stupid. Not only him, but everybody. It, it just marks you for some reason. So I think it's a little more difficult, you know, with the feelings and emotions involved like they are than, than, the, than the men have because we don't seem to operate on those just as much. But it can be done and will be done. And that's why it's so important to have your husband, if you've got one, to help solidify you in any way, shape, or form. And it doesn't have to be a preaching thing. It's like I said, she comes home and, I didn't sell anything the first three days. Hey, we're going to eat tonight. Bless God. We can even go out if you want to. Glory to God. We don't even have to cook anything here. We can go to any restaurant you want to. Have a little meal tonight. Come on. We can sleep in our own bed there. It's not going to rain on us or anything else. Let's just go into the next day and see what. You don't have to say, well, you doubt and unbelief thing, you. What's the matter with you? I've been preaching to you for 42 years. I got no faith. And then you're going to need faith for healing. Because you're just about to be hit with some adversity. So we don't do that. We just address it. We deal with the situation and we move on. So many people just get stuck. So don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in what somebody did to you a long time ago or this happened or that happened or whatever. Move on with God. Move on. Adversity's coming. I'm not prophesying it into your life. I'm telling you the truth. It's going to come. Things are going to come in your life. Our aunts and uncles going to die? Yes, they're going to die. Do I love them? Yes, I love them. But I can't do anything about it. You know, I can go up there and deal with some of the people who are still alive. And maybe give them a word, maybe help them, maybe do this. Maybe they'll get mad and not like me for it. Mm, too bad. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to never do it again. I'm going to keep going. I'm sure she's been rejected a few times. She said, do you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Yep. 
So there's a kingdom faith. And I want you to understand the kingdom faith. It does not mean defeat when you're sick. It does not mean defeat when you don't have money. The question is, what are you going to do when you go through those times together? That's the thing. And I'll tell you, God's faithful to his promises. If you'll stay there, praise God. If you just stay in that spot, if you just keep yourself where you're supposed to be, it's going to do it. But there's, there's some long-suffering involved. None of us want any long-suffering. We don't want the adversity to begin with. So praise God. You're all kingdom faith people now. Say, I am. I am. A kingdom faith. A kingdom faith. Person. I am a king. I am a ruler in this natural realm. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It may come against me, but it will not prosper because I choose to live in faith, patience, forbearance, and joyfulness. I jump up this morning. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.